We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 376 of the Pack-A-Day podcast. My name is Andy Herman, and I have an incredibly special show lined up for you today. Uh, today, Aaron Negler and I are joining forces to do a co-branded Pack-A-Day podcast and Negler's Never Right. If you've never had the opportunity to listen to Negler's Never Right, if you're not a Patreon subscriber over at Cheesehead TV, make sure to remedy that immediately. Uh, again, this is kind of a cool sneak preview to see what kind of content that they have available. Aaron's recently had on David Bakhtiari, General Manager Brian Gutekunst, just to name a few. So uh, this is really cool content. You're going to want to make sure to subscribe over there. A huge thank you to Aaron for, you know, really kind of leading the show today and, and taking the reins and allowing us to do the co-branded Pack-A-Day Nagler's Never Right podcast. But before we get to that conversation with Aaron and I talking about uh, Sunday's training camp and family night and everything that's been going on in training camp so far, I do want to quickly tell you about my good friends at the Ticket King. If you are looking for tickets this season, whether it's home games, away games, Packer games, any games, please go out to theticketking.com. Use promo code PACKADAY to get 10% off your purchase. That's promo code PACKADAY, no dashes, no spaces. You get that 10% off. You get the best tickets at the best prices. And you're supporting the Ticket King who has supported us, which we are so incredibly grateful for. So make sure to check them out. Go get your tickets. Everyone wins. Packaday Podcast wins. The Ticket King wins. And you get yourself some amazing seats for the upcoming season. So thank you to the Ticket King for supporting 
supporting us. Now, without further ado, here's the conversation with Aaron Nagler and myself on the co-branded Pack-A-Day podcast and Nagler's Never Right. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Aaron Nagler here with very special guest, Mr. Andy Herman, Cheesehead TV Zone, fresh off of Sunday morning's practices. Sorry, they started at 11, so it's still technically Sunday morning. Andy, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. This is awesome. Co-branded Pack-A-Day podcast, Nagler's Never Right. This is fantastic. I Can't mean, wait to get started. Widen the, the distribution up a little bit, you know? All the people who hate me may actually hear me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... only like, listen to you, so, you know. I don't think you have to worry about that too All much. the people I've blocked on Twitter who listen to you exclusively, hello. Hello to all of you. So, uh, a very short practice we were just talking about before we started recording. Um, were you surprised that he, he went... Light Lafleur kind of had family night, had a day off, and then kind of eased him back into it. I guess. Yeah, I think this is kind of nice because, as you mentioned, family night a little bit of a longer practice, a lot of team activities. They get the day off, and then we pretty much know the next two days are going to be longer, probably pretty intense, a lot of team activities with the Texans. So I think this makes pretty logical sense. And I, you know, it wasn't uh, like the the practice the other day where it was just a ton of walkthroughs. They did right. a decent it amount of competitive yeah, it was competitive stuff today. So I thought I thought today made sense for the most part. Let's go back. Let's rewind a little bit to family night. We won't dwell on it because obviously it's always about moving forward. Uh, But was there anything? I I think a lot has been talked about. It kind of picked apart, etc. But was there anything that stood out to you? Jumped out to you? Maybe surprised you overall on family night? Yeah, I think. And this is something I'm interested to hear your thoughts on as well. Uh, Trevor Davis just continues to make uh, a play almost every single day at practice. He had uh, the great 50-50 ball at family night. He had another nice reception today. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on Trevor Davis of just, you know, is this is this same old Trevor Davis? Is this different? To me, he looks different. And to me, he looks a little bit more involved. However, it's not like he's spending a ton of time with the, you know, the ones or the primary offense or things like that. So I think it's important to temper expectations. But he looks different to me. I'm curious your thoughts. He's making it very difficult for them to move on. Mm-hmm. That's essentially how I'm looking at it. Because, like you said, we've seen this before. He's made plays before, but not consistently. And not day in and day out, pads or no. I mean, that's the thing we talked about this offseason was he's a bit of a you know off-season warrior. Yep. The OTA superstar. But he has stuck with it. It's, the pads have come on, and it hasn't mattered who's throwing him the football. You know, that's the other thing. It, like you mentioned, he's not always running with the ones, but it doesn't matter if it's Rodgers, Kaiser, Boyle, Wilkins. It doesn't matter who's throwing it. He's making plays. And then on top of that, he's been running number one as a returner yep. the entire summer. And then he's contributing on coverage, yeah. like as, a, as a gunner or on kick coverage. So I, I don't see, it just seems like, right now at least, he's wedged into that roster spot. Now, all of that said, it's all about process and it's all about through line, consistency, etc. Can he do it now? Okay, he's kind of come over that first hurdle, right? Yep. It's it's can he keep making plays with the pads have come on? Yes, he has. Yep. I think anybody objective measure watching practice day in and day out, you would say, yep, so far so good, he's done that. Now, the games are going to start, preseason games are going to start. Does it continue? Does yep. it continue into a game situation? 
And I feel like if he can have that one Desmond Howard-esque return and in, in, right. uh, in, you know, in preseason, again, that would help it solidify his spot even more. But like you said, I don't know what more you know, you know, you would need to do when you're one of the top coverage guys, you're one of the top or the top returner, and now you're showing flash plays and you know, just as a receiver as well. Uh, but that's one thing that stood out to me. And again, he had the I think the primary play. And actually, Matt Lafleur said today he was one of two people along with Billy Turner that stood out to him. The other thing that stood out to me, and we talked a little bit about this last time as well, is what's going on at the backup quarterback position because you know if you nothing is going on exactly there's nothing going on yeah and i mean we could be hosting you know 28 or 29 different team podcasts and we would be talking about the exact same thing about not having a good backup quarterback but that being said uh, deshaun kaiser uh, and to his defense this is his fourth offense in four seasons but he has not seemed to take that leap see it's funny too because people give that caveat and i understand it's very real it's a very real thing that he's dealing with it was the Jason Campbell of his day, so to speak. But with that said, there are constant issues with accuracy, with just mechanics and things of that nature that don't have anything to do with scheme. Right. You know, if you're throwing that out route he threw in family night that Tony Brown took to the house. Scheme doesn't matter. So th- that's not the scheme. Nope. That's just a really poor throw and a really bad placement. And he made another one today that should have been picked. Really bad. Yeah. And then it had another one where he threw the same out route but threw it way early this time. So yep. he ch- maybe tried before to make the, the adjustment. Before the wide receiver even made his break. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that, See, that's, that's not scheme. Yeah, so, no, you're right. I just... Oh. It's a concern. And, I mean, at this point, though, and I guess my point here is, you know, you want, if, if it's a four-week injury, you want to be able to go two and two. If it's a one-quarter injury, you want to be able to at least, you know, hold your own for a little bit. Mm-hmm. If there's an injury, I, I have no level of confidence with anybody, you know, nope. it, it, it's over, you know, yes. at, at that point. Like, was, and we saw it last year with Detroit, or in the very last, you know, last week of the season with a, you knew everything was going to change, everything yeah, was going to yeah. get blown out, and, and then immediately when Rodgers goes down, you know, it, it, what, it is what it is. But you could see it in that game, and in the first game of the season with Chicago, it was a significant, significant issue, and I don't see that improving necessarily so far this offseason. CBS Sports, uh, Pete Prisco was on the sideline today, and we were talking, and he was asking for the backup quarterbacks, and I said, it's the same thing it's been for years now. Yeah. If Aaron gets hurt, they're screwed. And it's just, I... I understand that you can't pay everybody and you can't, you know, they. the question is, okay, did you want him to go sign a backup quarterback? I got in this argument with one of the personnel guys the other day. It's like, you know, we went and got the Smiths, we went and got Adrian, we went and got Billy. Which one of those guys do you not want to sign yeah. and go get a veteran? Yeah. And, you know, and I understand that, you know, it's not, the cap is not limitless, but it sure feels like they're just content to, like, bring along these guys and maybe they need to look at how they're evaluating quarterbacks in the draft because it's because I know they didn't draft Kaiser but that's someone that reportedly they were very high on right prior to that draft and now they've gone and traded for him and I mean he's no better than Hunley and Hunley was a train wreck yeah and you know five mil is basically because that's what Fitzpatrick right. basically got that's what Tyrod Taylor basically got like you know your solid backup quarterbacks that's what the going rate is so it's 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 difficult when you're paying Rodgers as much as he is to put more money into the quarterback, quarterback position yeah. but five million is a rate um, you know I, I don't know what you what you do like you said that that's not that much different than a Billy Turner so if the difference is would you rather have Billy Turner or you know Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tyrod Taylor sitting on the bench yeah I'd probably rather have you know Billy Turner if those are the options but it's funny though because then you look at some of the play of these young interior guys and it's like oh, I don't know maybe they could have gotten through with Elton Jenkins or something who got but, snaps at the ones today but you didn't know that until the draft you, know? yeah. you didn't know that during free agency so I don't know it's 
it's just so it's so hard to watch. That's why it just reminds me of like watching football in the eighties. Yeah, like with the Packers in the eighties when it was just a string of just horrible quarterback play year after year after year. So. What we're trying to say is enjoy Rodgers while you can. Yes, yeah, because if anything happens, as we know, it's it's not going to be pretty. What about, okay, so we move on from family night. We get to today. Like you said, they, they it wasn't the walkthrough version that we saw a couple days ago, but it was truncated, no doubt, about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, were there any plays today that stood out in regards to, I mean, there was one in particular I know everybody was probably talking about, but... Um, you have, you have a very different vantage point. Yes. Um, sitting over there, uh, it's more elevated, which is funny because, like, I don't ever get to see – I don't see much line play. Yeah. And, like, the offensive linemen, they do all their drills over by you guys. Yes, they do. Like, so we ne- – I hardly ever see any of that. And then when it comes to line play, I, ne- I like – I had no idea Elton Jenkins ran with the ones today until I uh, saw Larry – uh, for Packers.com had mentioned it. Yep. I had no clue because it's just like it's such a mass of guys – you're sitting I just I can't see it yeah it's funny Ross and I were talking about this because Ross actually came over even though he had a credential he came over and watched uh, it kind of in standing up in the stands because you can't it's just a totally different vantage point and uh, yeah you know the big play to MBS uh, from Rodgers of course is the one that stood out today I think it was uh, you know the storylines were almost more interesting than the practice today so Elton Jenkins getting some run with the ones as you mentioned Um, you know Lane Taylor still played with the ones in the major team periods and things like that but there were a couple times so I think that's at least no, intriguing it's noteworthy no yeah doubt. for sure so does that continue and uh, it was interesting there was a there was a play a little bit after that where Taylor was working with the twos and I couldn't tell if they were joking around or if it was serious but Dean Lowry and Lane Taylor were kind of getting a little bit into it after mm-hmm. the play and Lane Taylor is not usually one that's I don't know super you know cantankerous not, and things yeah he's not an aggressive no guy. exactly so you know maybe you know maybe that was just exactly what he needed to get going was maybe to uh, you know get some snaps taken away and he was pissed off and he was willing, willing to take it out on some people so who knows? That was one. I thought Tony Brown running with the the ones in uh, the absence of Kevin with King, Kevin which King, of course yeah. is the Ugh. other noteworthy item from today. And then uh, you know, seeing some uh, you know big nickel with uh, with Darnell Savage back and Raven Green still being on the field. Um, so it's just it over Josh Jones. Yes, over Josh Jones. So I think those are uh, some of the the takeaways today. Uh, you know, more than than some of the noteworthy plays. But you know, Kaiser had uh, you know the couple of the bad passes. I thought Ty Summers, um, you know, continued his strong he play. He showed out today. Yeah, yes. he did. He, he almost he, had the interception. He almost so. had the interception. He had a nice hit in the in the hole. He's not allowed to bring him to the ground, obviously. But he seemed a little quicker. A little more like I, I think I, I don't doubt he was swimming that first kind of for week, sure. You know what I mean? But it really looks, it feels like he's kind of gotten his legs under him, gotten his bearings a little bit, and now he's kind of allowing himself to react and not think about it so much. For sure. And I thought uh, at family night that you know he did a good job of displaying what he can kind of be as a blitzer, and you just yeah. saw his raw athleticism. Um, I think he's a special teams core guy from day one. I think he starts getting some competition with James Crawford for that next linebacker behind Burks and. Uh, yeah. Um, and Martinez, and I, it wouldn't shock me. There was a couple plays last year where I think there's actually one play last year where James Crawford got in as a linebacker, and I think that it wouldn't shock me if, if he shows that he can be a blitzer and a special athlete that maybe he gets in in a couple different packages here and there long term as injuries start to get right. involved. I mean, and stuff. you need that. Yeah, those depth guys who can come in and give you some spot duty, especially as injuries pile up. I don't know. It's funny. I got asked today on Packers Daily about Burks. And to my eyes, and I'm interested to hear what, what you've witnessed, but to my eyes, I see pretty much the same guy we saw last year who's a little quicker, a little, little more active sideline to sideline in a good way, mm-hmm. 
but still the same issue with yeah, if somebody gets up on him, a big body, yeah. like a center or a guard, he's done. It's over. Yeah, I totally agree. I think ups and downs. I think he has a little bit more confidence. I think he's looked a little bit more crisp in coverage. It, I, I remember a three-play period. It was just in, in uh, team act, or, uh, non-team activities where they're going running backs versus linebackers. The first play, and I forget the running backs he was going against, but the first play he completely manned up his guy. I think it was James Williams. Or, uh, yeah, uh, Jamal, Williams, Jamal Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams. So uh, completely manned him up, really aggressive with him in physical at the line of scrimmage. Williams caught it, but he was immediately, he would have been down immediately, right. like a one-yard gain. And then the next play is the one where he made that acrobatic interception. And then he comes back on the third one, and he's covering, I want to say it was like Malcolm Johnson or something, and Johnson smokes him. And it was just yeah, like, you the know. fullback. Really? Exactly. <laughs> you know, of course. So after these two amazing reps against running backs, then he gets beat. So it's just kind of those ups and downs, and you're just looking for consistency at this point. But I forget who pointed it out today, but he's getting a lot of reps with that first-team defense. That's but fun. he yeah. was getting some decent reps again last year. So I, I totally agree with you where it kind of looks like the same guy, still some, kind of those consistency it's issues. It's funny so you mentioned him getting all the reps, and it's like I think they, they're so desperate for him to work out. Yeah, they you know do. What I mean? Because yep. they used a pretty significant pick to get him. I think to their – Way of thinking, it's got to be okay. We, he's got to get on the field. Yeah, we can't. Last year, they they pulled him. He just couldn't stay on the field because they couldn't trust him. No, for sure. And I mean, you talk about valuable players on this team right now. Blake Martinez, oh and then the drop off from Blake Martinez to, to what's next else, is yeah. just insane. And then if you have to start, if if you need two linebackers on the field and Martinez is out, now again it's. You know, Summers or uh, Crawford, or you're using Raven Green or Josh Jones. So it is a massive degradation going from Blake Martinez to who's ever next, you know, in that whole line. And so. I do think they'd probably use a lot of Josh Jones. I think what would happen is Pedden would go to those six, even yeah. seven DB looks that he kind of sure. pulled out last year. And I will say, you know, a lot was made about Josh and getting pulled from practice from the, the quote unquote hit, fight, whatever. Uh, he looked good today. Yeah, and he was running with the twos, whatever. But there was a couple plays um, where he timed up things pre-snap, where he came screaming off the edge, and he would have just decapitated Kaiser. Um, he had another one where he dropped down into coverage and took. You could tell. Um, I think it was Wil- It might have been Wilkins. Boyle. I can't remember. But it was on the right side. He came just f- out of nowhere. It looked like just in, flooded the zone. And the quarterback had the initial read there, thought it was going to be open, and you could tell he took it away, basically. And it's like you see those flashes and you think, okay, this kid's clearly got the athleticism. There's talent there. It's just up to Petten to figure out how to get him on the field, at least enough where he's contributing and you want him in the game because we all know how, you know, kind of, for lack of a better word, sensitive he is about his lack of playing time. Yeah, and he—I mean—he had the game last year. I forget it was later in the season where he just shot through the line of scrimmage and had that sack. He yep. had the Cincinnati Bengal game from his rookie season. Mm-hmm. When he is not thinking, when he is just playing off of instincts, and he is in space, and he's closer to the, he's line, closer of to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He is an absolute machine when he's in those situations. Yep. It's, it's again, it's it's being able to trust him in passing situations that he's going to be at the right spot at the right time. I think that's been some of the issue. But to your point, that play that he made. There was a play earlier, and it was Oren Burks and another safety. I forget who it was off the top of my head, but they did not time their blitz, and they came up, and then the quarterback was able to check out of it because right. the quarterback recognized it. And Burks, you could tell Burks was frustrated. He knew he that he tipped go. himself. Yeah, 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 he yeah. tipped it off, and they were able to audible at the line. On the flip side, the Jones one, uh, I think it was Wilkins, came up quick, and they were going to try to get the defense off guard, and Jones just screamed off the he edge. Did great. He did a great over. job of timing it with yep. the cadence, too. It was like they were trying to... 
do a quick count and you just hit it right at the right time. And I think that was one of the fun things today too is uh, Mike Pettin brought the exotic blitzes. Because they were doing third down. Yes. So he was doing tons of exotic. Did you see the one I tweeted about the play? He, Gary almost had his first interception. Yeah, which he was dropped, a very athletic play. He had a, a zone drop. Uh, we're one of those things where they're all mugging the A-gap. It's yep. like, who's coming? Who's dropping? Oh, my God. And then Rodgers tried to hit Devontae on a, like a, some kind of deep Crosser, in cut. Yeah. And Gary was right there and almost had it. So you saw the athleticism there. And Preston right Smith was giving him a hard time. He literally came out and checked his hands afterwards. Asking, <laughs> asking him, I think, why he didn't come down with the interception. But it was right was, there. It was there. And it, but it was the fun. I mean, it, this was a clinic by Mike Pettin on third down exotic blitz schemes. Because, like you said, they were bringing people from all angles at all spots. And the offense really had a tough time. But from a, a fan's point of view, it was fun just to see all the different looks that he brought. That was well, that, fun. Yeah, that's something I was talking about during our daily chat. The number, the multiplicity of it, the the sheer ways that he can deploy all these guys. If you're talking about Gary, you're talking about Zadarius Smith, you're talking about you got Kenny Clark, you got Montrevious Adams. You, this, you're mixing and matching. You got Blake Martinez coming mm-hmm. up in the A gap. Like you've got all these pieces, and you never know when you when they're all up there. There's like sometimes. In, Almost all of them drop out. Yep. And there's sometimes all of them come. Like, or it's a mixing and a matching. And I can't imagine being on the offensive line trying to sort that out. No, and there were a couple plays today where everyone's up at the line of scrimmage and it looks exactly like that. And about a second before the, the ball is snapped, you see the safeties go back in there, two deep safety look. Yep. And I mean, you look at it the whole way and it's it's blitz, blitz, blitz. There's It's impossible to read. And then about a second before, you know, when you don't have a chance to change anything or reprocess anything and the snap's coming to you, now it looks Not like a totally, two shell. Yeah, two yeah, shell, yeah. totally different defense with massive coverage. And like you said, uh, just some of those looks where you have no idea who's coming and it can be a, it could literally be a two or three man rusher. It could be eight and yeah. you just don't know. It's got to be maddening and that was fun. What do you, what have you seen out of, I mean, a lot was made this off season about the running game and we talked about it last time, but what, how has it looked to you now? The pads are on, they've done some hitting, they've done some, yeah. some work in, in the run game. Obviously it's a very important aspect of the offense. Uh, I, it seems to have, for me, it looks very up and down. Like there are plays where you think, okay, I, I see what they're they're going for. Like there there have been certain looks where they've really opened things up the way I think you would probably want them textbook wise. Uh, but there have been a plenty of plays where the defensive line has just manhandled them up front. Yeah, it, I would say it almost seems like the defense wins about four out of every five times up at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And, you know, kudos to the defense. And that is, I think, as we kind of touched base on last time, going to be a, a very tough front to run on. Mm-hmm. However, uh, you still have to win more than 20% of the time. And with Aaron Jones out, that's a, a game changer because, you know, he's been the one that's been able to find a few of those creases and get the ball upfield. We've seen Dexter Williams at times, but today he was behind Trey Carson, uh, you know, which I thought was a little bit interesting. Was very interesting. And, I'll, and to be fair, though, I mean, I think Carson got that very first initial rep, and then they had a fullback only back yes, they the did. next play, and that's where Vitaly caught the thing of the yep. seam. Uh, and then it was Dexter Williams, okay. and then they were like rotating. Very, so okay. I don't know if that, there's much to read into there. It might not be, but it's also kind of for me. And I was just about to ask you this: what, Do they? I mean, I know they've they've gone and they've got a couple people off the street at running back, but do they have to explore? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. We don't know what the the, the extent of these injuries are, but the longer that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are out, the, the more you can tell just how much they. They got a lot of question marks at running back. Yes, they do. And 
you know, I th- I was hoping that this was maybe going to be a little bit of a breakout season for Jamal Williams or a breakout, you know, camp for Jamal Williams as well. And um, I thought he looked like, you know, the same Jamal Williams kind of up to that point, which is not necessarily, you know, good or bad. Just he looked kind of the same. And um, I was hoping for maybe a little bit more explosion out of him, a little bit more, you know, something. And yeah. uh, I don't know that I necessarily saw anything different. But again, he kind of went out early in the process. But, you know, somebody asked about Dexter Williams, who I thought had a couple good runs in the first few days of camp and then they kind of asked Matt LaFleur about it and he said you know hold up you know he's still yeah. kind of got a ways he's to go and you could you've seen a lot of that since then he had a drop today he struggled in pass protection and those are the things that he's going to need to pick up on it's funny too because like he's had really good moments in he has pro. like he had a couple where he's worked across the formation a couple where uh, he stepped up into the A to like take on an extra man like he's I think like as far as needing the, the processing part of it. Like, okay, this is the protection and this is my job, blah, blah, blah. I think he's there yep. as far as knowing the playbook, knowing the adjustments, etc. It's just sometimes maybe his body isn't moving as fast as his brain or something because, there are, like you mentioned, there have been some really ugly, ugly reps as far as actually <laughs> trying to you know, stop the man from destroying his quarterback. Yeah, I think there was one in family night where he just couldn't anchor at all. And he's in the right spot. He's right there. And the linebacker just chucks him back about four or five yards, almost right in the QB's lap. So I think it's just some of those things. But yeah, I think that's a major question is, you know, and you can see it very predominantly when Jones and Williams are out. Now, again, if most teams top two running backs are out, it's probably not going to look great. But there's a significant drop off. And I don't think they have that guy. And I think it's a big reason why we have been seeing a lot of Danny Vitale in practice because they trust him uh, pass protecting, especially in some of those third down drills. Um, they He's shown enough out of the backfield as a receiver. And uh, yeah, he had a, I forget which day it was, but he had a nice, it might have even been family night, he had a nice sweep across the edge yeah, on a third down crazy. play. So he's, I mean, he's well, had no, a really... they sent him two, two practices ago, right before family night. They sent him on a wheel route yeah. out of the backfield. Yeah. And Rodgers hits, hits him back shoulder. Yeah. I mean, it's, the guy is everywhere. Yeah, he's had a ridiculous camp in he a very really good way. Has. Um taking a look at the Texans coming to town, you're the coach of the Packers. Now, obviously, I mean, you can't go 30 seconds talking about this joint practice stuff without people talking about no fights. Yeah. Like, whether it's LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers at his locker, any of the guys, like, everybody. It's on everyone's mind. Right. So there's got to be a fight, right? Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> it's going to happen. If, yeah, anytime you want something that badly to not happen, it's, it's going to happen. It's almost like speaking it into existence. Absolutely. But I, I you know... I, it seems like these are two good teams to get together. They've got strong leadership on both sides of the football, whether it be, you know, J.J. Water or, uh, you know, New Hopkins, you know, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari. I think the leadership's there. It seems like the coaches are on the same page. They're not going to do one-on-one receiver corner drills. Which, which I loved. That was hilarious. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, LaFleur after practice today was asked um, what the kind of drill work they would be doing, etc. They asked if we were going to be doing one-on-ones, and he said they're not going to be doing wide receiver defensive back one-on-ones. Because that's where most of the problems happen. Yes. Which I think it's hilarious. So like, why don't you just call them divas, Matt? Yeah. They, that's essentially what they are. Which is a bummer because Nuke versus uh, Jair and, you know, would have been that. super I mean, we'll fun. See it, we'll exactly. see it during teamwork. For so sure. That's good. But yeah, it'll be fun. But yeah, I, you would think there's going to at least be a handful of scuffles. But I think it seems like everyone's on the same page. They're hyper aware of it. There's good leadership on both sides. So hopefully, you know, a couple shoving fights of, you know, right. here and there and nothing major. That's what do you think, uh, as far as like team 11 and 11? What do you think we're going to see? I mean, it's been so long since we had a joint practice in Green Bay. And you know, obviously they play a game on Thursday, a game, a preseason game. But um, 
you know, do you think we're going to see a l- not a lot of the playbooks, but a lot of I don't know, like adjustments slash trying to like really work against each other, or is it, do you think we'll probably keep it pretty vanilla? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I think I think the goal would be my guess is that they are going to want to test some of the players more than they're going to you know try to test you know different right. schemes and how you react to things and some like that you know i think it's the the fresh competition getting somebody that's not wearing the same color jersey <laughs> as you across from you right. and just seeing how players you know kind of react to that as well and it's one thing you know, you can tell that the defense at times knows certain checks that the offense yep. is doing. And yep. they just, you know, when you do it every single day, it's impossible not to pick up on some of those things. They know some of the cadences and things like that. So, of course, it's going to give you, you know, some of that, that benefit. But now you're seeing a totally different team, different cadence, something you haven't noticed before. And then I think what you'll see is to look at now they coached them on two days of practice. Now you get to show it in a game on Thursday. Right. and. So when you talk about adjustments, I think that's going to be the cool part is they can they can do something on Monday and Tuesday. On Wednesday, go through, here's here's what you did, here's what you did wrong, here's how to correct it. Yeah. Which players are able to make those adjustments on Thursday and do better and show that, that they took the coaching into a game? I think that's what's really cool out of this. Well, it's going to be exciting. Like I said, it's been a long time since they did it. Andy, you're an absolute legend <laughs> for joining me uh, on this co podcast with Negro's Never Right and Pack-A-Day. So thank you for joining me as well. This is uh, absolutely. perfect. Absolutely. That's what I like to do. Um, make sure you're checking all of our stuff at CheeseheadTV.com and we'll talk to you soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.